1: ny or text hope ny in new york
2: it's a very special day at blue white illustrated not just because it's game day penn state plays purdue tonight we're going to be getting into a breakdown of the penn state nittany lines but it's a very special day at blue white illustrated i'm going to save that for just one minute let's get to the bwi daily edition There's been speculation. There's been questions. And officially today, we can now answer all those questions. Sean Fitz, a veteran of the Penn State beat, one of the uh, biggest names in covering Penn State football. Has officially joined Blue White Illustrated, and that means he is officially joining the BWI Daily Edition. So, Sean, thank you so much for making time today on your very first day on game day to come on the show and chat about football. I think this is a great opportunity uh, to get you, throw you right in the deep end, get you working here on the show.
3: Yeah, how about it? Throw throw me right in game day. uh, You know, I, I didn't know what to think about that. I think there's positives and negatives, but. Uh, for us to get get this show going, to get for us to get the website going, it's there's a lot going on today. So I appreciate everybody who has taken the time to reach out, uh, send messages, things like that. Um, it's been really overwhelming the last. Four and a half months have been really overwhelming in terms of, uh, you know, just uh, being away, but still still seeing people wanted the content is is really something special to me. I'm very lucky. Uh, as I wrote in my piece last night, I I realized how lucky I am just to, to be paid to watch football. It's, it's pretty great. Um, and now at On3, I'm incredibly excited for the future. Um, you know, I had some tough decisions to make, but the, there's some some great people, um, some some great staff members that I've really looked forward to working with for a long time. And I just I can't wait to get into it.
2: Yeah, and we'll get into it today. I think this is a great opportunity to because people want to know your thoughts on the team. And you've been quiet. You've been reserved as uh, you've taken the last couple months off. But uh, people want to get your thoughts. So we're going to get them here on the show today. Before that, though, just a little bit about your journey here. Why join on three? Why choose Blue White Illustrated?
3: Well, I, I can see people have already uh, fast-forwarded ahead to the actual team talk. Um, but to talk, <laughs> me, I mean, it, I, to talk about me, I mean, it's I'm the last person who wants to talk about me. I've been doing this for for a long, long time. Um, it's the game has changed so much over the last. I mean, I started in 2006 as an intern at Blue Eye Illustrated, um, and to find myself back here after 12 wonderful years of 24/7 Sports, uh, a, a company that I can't say enough good things about and, and talk about the good people there. Um, but coming to work for Shannon Terry once again, who changed my life back in 2010 uh, when he gave me an opportunity to start my own Penn State site, essentially from scratch. Um, we turned that into the, the the biggest and and the most active Penn State site on the web. I'm really excited to, 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 I don't want to say start over because the guys that are already on staff have already done an amazing job in the almost year that they've been on, on three sports. Um, But it's it's really exciting to, to work with Nate Bauer, to work with Ryan Snyder, Greg Pickle, uh, Thomas Frank Carr. Uh, Just, it's really exciting to be in a situation where we can dictate our coverage. We can dictate what we are trying to do as a product, not only writing, um, but podcasts, video, all this kind of things. There's a lot of exciting things coming uh, from on three. And you know, like I said, Shannon Terry's really good at this. (laughs) He built rivals. He sold rivals to Yahoo. He built 24 seven, sold it to CBS. He he makes a lot more money than, than I do. That's for sure. And I'm betting on him. I'm betting on this team that we have, and I'm really excited for the future.
2: And and things have already taken off. Uh, By the way, if you want to join, uh, the Fit Special, $1 for 12 months of access to Blue White Illustrated. We are going to be continuing that deal. So join right now. $1, get 12 months of access to the most comprehensive coverage of Penn State football you can find anywhere. So let's get to that coverage. Let's talk about the team. Uh, we're going to go through the offense, defense, get your thoughts on positions, players, things like that. So start at the top with the quarterback. Uh, some news this week about Drew Aller, but let's start with Sean Clifford.
3: Uh, I mean, yeah. He's going to be the starter tonight, right? Yeah. Sorry we're we're still working out the kinks here and talking over each other. Um I'm I'm very intrigued by what Sean Clifford brings to the table. I think that as a 6-year senior as uh, you know it's uh, really one of the old guys it's it's funny to look at the quarterback matchup uh this weekend and see two real old guys going at it. Um but th- this team's going to go with Sean Clifford. I mean it's, it there's no question about that he is a guy um who who has shown his ceiling like the Auburn game last year when he was fantastic and then came back around a lot of that uh, out of his control last year with the, the injury against Iowa. But I mean, this is a guy you're looking to take another leap and can that happen with a six year player? I, I I don't know. I mean, that's the thing that you look at him having as uh, an offensive coordinator for the second year in a row, which hasn't happened uh, too much under his tenure. Of course he had the COVID year. Kirk Scirocco was in there for a little bit. There's just so many question marks that you have. And he, obviously you don't want that for a six year senior, which Sean Clifford are you going to get? You're going to get the guy that that you know throws a couple of picks uh, to start the game, or are you going to get the guy that's just dialed in like he was against Auburn last year? And and so far, I mean, really, I hate to say this because we have so much tape on Sean Clifford. There's so much evidence uh, of what he is or what we believe him to be, but you just don't know which one you're going to get. And I think that's kind of unsettling going into your sixth year. Um, the, the quarterback room as a whole, I love it. I mean, I, I think yeah. the the work that they've done. Over the last year, I mean, you think about where it was last year and forget the Iowa game, all that. Nobody was prepared whatsoever. But this year, you've got Drew Aller, who's, who's settled in as your backup. Christian Veyer has experience, and Bo Prabula is really good too. I mean, you, you talk to people in the program about Bo Prabula. they're like, "Hey, this kid's this kid is uh, you know you're going to get the trace comparison, obviously, but this kid has a lot uh, a lot going for him in terms of being a playmaker, and you feel good about the next." generation of quarterback of Penn state quarterbacks. And um, it's just a matter of getting there. And that's uh that's the thing that we're going to have to find out whether you get there on a, uh, on an eight and four season on a 10, two season, Sean Clifford is going to be your guy. And that, that's the thing I think Penn state fans have had such a, a difficult time digesting is you've seen so much of this, you know, or you think you know so much of it. Yeah. And then adding another year on top of that is, is, is something that uh, you know, we're, we're going to see how that plays out.
2: Yeah. And I, I, I said kind of the same thing of, I'm excited for a new evaluation because we've been evaluating Sean Clifford, basically rolling up what you just said. We've been watching Sean Clifford for so long. We have all these guideposts of what he's going to do and what he might do. It'd be fun to see somebody new, but this season, uh, you know, that is the situation with Sean Clifford. Uh, The running back room, another area where young players are standing out and are going to help define the season. Um, What is your expectation for tonight when it comes to that group and how it shakes out?
3: I, I mean, I expect them to roll with Kevon Lee to start, but uh, given the the people that you talk to in the program, they can't actually they can't shut up about these freshmen. It's it's really amazing. They they used to keep a lid on these things. They used to keep uh you know just be kind of tentative about throwing these out there. But Nick Singleton, your five star, your number one back in the country, and Katron Allen, who you know is no slouch, and those the those coaches have really moved to 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 pump him up as well. I mean, it's a situation where you've got an opportunity and and running back is a a position where you can make an impact right away. Um, Doesn't have to be one of those things where you sit around and learn and and figure these things out. Now they've got pass protection to work on. They've got a lot of, of different things that they have to refine in their games but these guys they're not too far behind Kevon Lee from from, yeah. from a development standpoint and uh you throw Devin Ford in the mix more of a special teams guy right now but uh those guys are coming to play and that's uh you you can't ask for much more it's going to create some sort of I don't want to say log jam or, or uh, you know, sort of pile up with, uh, with the running back room. Cause you always have to worry about transfers of course, cause I homes transferred before the season. Um, yeah. You've got London Montgomery coming in next year and now he's hurt. So maybe you take an extra running back. Running back is always so crazy in terms of juggling that, that eligibility, but you play him when you've got him. And you've got Nick Singleton, who's as talented as any running back that's come in, um, you know, probably since Saquon Barkley. Um, and then, I mean, you, you you pile him on top with Catron Allen, who I think Penn State fans are really going to like, um, yeah. his running style, his playing style. I mean, it's yeah. it, it's certainly, it, it makes you excited. It makes you intrigued by by what they can do.
2: I want to follow up about Catron Allen, because he's a guy that James Franklin, as you mentioned, pumped up during uh, Monday's press conference talking about, or Monday or last week, I can't remember, about how he, showed more explosiveness or big playability maybe is the right word for it than they were really expecting. Do you think that the transformation he went from IMG weighing 220 to 221, he's now down listed on the roster around 210. Um is that part of that is his transformation getting into the professional weightlifting program at Penn State and is that something that uh, you were expecting or what was your kind of expectation of what he'd be and as he exceeded that at least at this point, having never seen him play football.
3: Well, well, it's funny because you look at these two running backs and you see Catron Allen, you think he's the big back. He's the big yeah. Ten guy that, that, you know, is going to come through. You think he's 225 pounds. But actually, Nick Singleton's is a little bit bigger than him. So, I mean, it, it, it's really funny to see. He came in from IMG Academy. Obviously, they... They polished those guys a little bit differently down there. He yeah. came in, and he actually dropped weight, um, you know, because it kind of melted some of the uh, the the, the baby fat off. And I, I don't want to say, I say baby fat kind of jest because these guys are high level athletes, they yeah. don't have what well, you his and nickname I have.
2: is, fat man, right? But like, that was, was his, nickname. his nickname,
3: nickname <laughs> is fat man. So, you, you've got to, you know, that's playing in your mind, and you're thinking that this is this guy's going to come in and be Ron Dane, you know, that's that that's yeah. the type of thing that you're looking at. Um, but no, he's, he's a guy, he doesn't have the, the out and out speed of Singleton. And that's the other thing with, with this running back room is nobody last year had that ability to take the ball yep. to the second level and outrace the defense. Nick Singleton does Katron Allen remains to be seen w- whether or not that will happen. And, and you could probably say the same about Keyvon Lee, who kind of had a different style of running in his second year than he did in his first year. And I keep going back to Kevon Lee. Uh, there's a certain naivety, uh, uh about freshman running backs. You give them the ball, you make them go make the most of it. We saw that from Keevon Lee as a freshman. We did not see that last year as he tried to dance, he tried to go side to side. So you're hoping, if you're a Penn State coach, that these young kids are a little bit, uh, you know, maybe behind of where, where they should be in their thought process and cutting it, in, you know, back inside, and they can just go. And that's that's the intriguing part to me is when Nick Singleton just goes, it's really hard to catch him. So I'm, I'm excited to see a little bit more in the run game, of course, that running game is going to be so tied to that offensive line room and and whether or not those guys can take the step that that I think Penn State feels like they can, but they've downplayed that so much this offseason. And I think that, that that's honestly the right call, given the recent body of work. So let's go
2: to the offensive line. Let's skip ahead. We'll get back to some of the skill positions. Go to that offensive line. And then just, is this the year? I know James Franklin is downplaying it, like you said, but your assessment of the players that we presume to start, what do you think of this group?
3: I'm not doing it. I'm not, I'm not doing the offensive line is going to be a strength this year. Cause we haven't said that in the last couple of years, but people still hear that. That's the amazing yeah. thing is, is that you just come back to it because that's what you want. You want this to be the 94 offensive line. You want, you want it to move people. Number one, college football. There's not a ton of great offensive lines out there. That's the yep. thing you're, you're blocking yep. a different species of defensive lineman now, uh, than you used to do. So, you know, you're, you're basically getting in the way of people. Um, from a personnel perspective, um, you know, I, li- I like where they at. They added, uh, you know, inside some some more length, uh, some more strength. Um, yep. You know, I'll, I don't have a bad thing to say about Mike Miranda in, in terms of being a person. But last year, I think it was obvious that he was overmatched in there. And that kind of had a ripple effect on the guys beside him. Eric Wilson, um, you know, had a different build. I know everybody wants to, to compare Eric Wilson to Hunter Norzad but that's a different build. That's three inches longer in the arms. You know, that's yep. and that's a big deal. So I, I'm I'm in, encouraged by that. Um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, you've still got questions about these guys, how they're going to come out. I mean, silly Wormley hasn't really played in a game. Uh, Olu fashanu I, I liked what I saw in the Outback Bowl, but that's a different animal. So you've yep. got guys, and, and of course, Landon Tengwell is a redshirt freshman as well. So you've got guys that, that lack experience. So you don't want to get ahead of yourself and say, expect them to overpower, which should be a vulnerable Purdue defensive line. So you've got an opportunity to do that. Um, but those guys got to get on the same page. And, and and as we said, the the body of work recently gives you doubt the body of work, um, you know, keeps you from, from being all that encouraged, but if they can put it together, you know, on paper, they should be better. They've got better length. They've got better athleticism. Um, Olu Fashanu, I think, probably puts a little bit more into it than Rasheed Walker did last year. And congratulations to Rashid for making the Packers. But, yep. um, you know, you could see that uh, as the season went on. I'm, I'm, I'm a little, you know, I'm, I'm apprehensive about Caden Wallace. I mean, he showed last year. um, Sometimes there's flashes of talent. Sometimes there's, there's been beat or he, he was beat. And that's a, the big question mark that you have at that, on the right side of that offensive line. So um, on paper should be better, but until we see it, and and it's kind of with the Sean Clifford thing, it's kind of um, how you judge Penn State football right now. Until you see it, there's not much you can, you can say about this offensive line.
2: That's the uh, that's the eight and four to ten and two window everyone's debating about is, is this a team that's going to be able to reach the ceiling of some of their positional strengths, you know, with that offensive line? One of the ways that I've kind of framed it is you might have higher highs this year, but with some young players, you might have some of those mental mistakes where before they were they were physical mistakes where a guy couldn't physically get to a block. So I think that's a really good way to frame that as far as we don't really know. And that's how that's where we are with that the receivers getting back to that group. Is there a number one here? And does that matter?
3: Uh First, it doesn't matter. I mean, you, you've yeah. got an opportunity to, I mean, I mean, honestly, do you want a number one, a true number one where a guy where, everyone's going to pay attention to KJ Hamler. Everyone's going to pay attention to Jahan Dotson. And, and, you know, those guys can, can step above and make those plays. But if you've got a one and two that are, that are pretty high level. And I think you do in Parker Washington, who I've listed as my number one, Mitchell Tinsley, um, you know, we haven't seen him in, in, a, in a game. So probably a little bit of, uh, of bias because we've seen so much of Parker Washington, um, yep. but I think those two are, are the guys that uh, be surprised. You know, unless you send them deep and they need a blow, be surprised to see those guys come off the field. I can't wait to watch Parker Washington. I mean, we we watched yep. a special transformation for Jahan Dotson. And I don't know that he has the time or the, you know, sort of uh, the, the opportunity that Jahan Dotson did to turn that around. But Parker Washington is is tremendously skilled. I mean, he's uh, he's a guy that I love watching playing football. Um, you know, can it, it, can he work his way out of the slot? Can he play inside out? I think he can. Um, so I'm really excited to see Parker Washington. To me, the question is, once you get past that number two, what do you have? You've You've got Keandre Lambert-Smith, who has shown flashes at times, but the consistency has been lacking. You can say the same about Malik Mega with the consistency factor. And then you've got the unknown, which everybody loves the unknown. Trey Wallace is a tremendously yep. physically talented wide receiver. So, um, you know, I think uh, Taylor's Doublesfield said this week, you got five and a half guys. Maybe you throw Caden Saunders in there. Maybe you throw a little bit of Amari Evans in there uh, to, to try and stretch the field, try and get some things, some things going. That kid's got some juice. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know that he's refined enough to – work his way into yeah. the rotation but the, the, he could scoot man he's a he's a four three guy and there's not too many of those floating around so i'm excited to see that what my question here is as we move from from receivers to tight ends if you've got two receivers and then you have that gap does keandre lambert move to the bench to to, to get tyler warren under the field to get theo right. johnson on the field how do you work with those tight ends was kind of barking all last year mike mike Yursich underutilized his tight ends and you know, in his defense, those tight ends also, you know, underperformed. I don't think yep. there's any question about it. Um, so if those two can come together, you've got options because you've got three guys that they think can play. I mean, I think it's you, you ask anyone on any given day who the best tight end is. You might get a Tyler Warren one day, you might get a Theo Johnson the next day. I mean, uh, it, it's going to come down to little things. They were atrocious blocking last year. Um, so hopefully they can, they can, move that along and if you and you know this if you've got two tight ends that can line up as flex guys they can line up yep. in the slot they can line up as an h-back uh, a fullback whatever gives your offense so much versatility and gives sean clifford the opportunity to to get that dump off to get to get things going and you know hopefully um you know hopefully those guys can rebound because the last year yep. was not uh, not pretty and after all the the hype from especially from the coaching staff last year it really under delivered. So I think the, the, the staff is kind of straight away from that a little bit, uh, this, this off season and hopefully that, that that's the right call.
2: Yeah. And it changes the math for the defense as well, where you have to make some personnel decisions. And if you are in the wrong package with two tight ends on the field, whatever way that goes, you can make you, I, I think that's the real value of having a guy that can block as well. And as catch as well as, as a guy that could be a, a high end tight end. One quick question and then we'll get to the defense is Tyler Warren. Has he impressed you as much as he's impressed me this off season in terms of showing up at every single function and being a name that everyone's talking about? What are your expectations for him specifically this year?
3: I have a, I have many questions about Tyler Warren. All, all of them good. I mean, this kid is a, yeah. a talented guy. Uh, if you stand beside him, you don't realize how big, absolutely huge this kid is. Um, and he's he's made that transition from quarterback, and he's done a pretty good job. But but that's a guy that you can use. Uh, you know, hopefully, he throws it a little better than he did in the Illinois game. If they if they go that route, but he's just a guy that you can put anywhere on the field. And and if his blocking continues to come along. Um, I think that's the really this that's probably your guy and I love Theo Johnson I think Theo Johnson talented guy but if you look at the potential to help your offense the most Tyler Warren might be that guy so I, I don't have an answer there he, he catches a lot of things I think the thing to go back to um people latch on some of the nice catches and nice play he ma- plays he made last year you only had a couple of them so I, I think that that production has yeah. to come um Part of that comes from Mike Yersich, part of that comes from Sean Clifford, trusting those guys. And and hopefully you're in a situation where you've got a good enough offensive line and a good enough running attack where you're not seeing him taking wildcat uh, snaps and trying to, to jump over the line for the touchdown. So hopefully that running game can open things up for for guys like Warren as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was nine total targets last season. So we're we're all working on the Sasquatch formula of you saw it once or twice, but do you know what you really saw at that point? Uh, we'll get to the defense here in just one second. First off, have you been looking for a reliable source of Penn State football tickets? We're here in the season. So you need to make a plan. Jim at ticksmangym.com. Formerly, PSU has been running his ticket exchange in Wilmington, Delaware for over 25 years. Every buyer is handled with courtesy, respect, and every ticket purchase is guaranteed. Purchases are used to fund the PSU AA Chapter Scholarship Fund and the PSU Levi Lamb Fund for athletic scholarships. Get your home opener Ohio U, Ohio State Stripeout, Minnesota Homecoming Whiteout tickets right now. Go to www.psutixmangym.com, email jim at tixman.com. Jim at gmail.com or call or call three zero two five two one eighty three eighty. And you can see on the screen if you're watching here on YouTube, Tixman dot com is where you go to get your Penn State football tickets. We are just days away now from home opener, Ohio, U. not just season opener. So get your tickets with lucky landslots. You can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
2: Uh, and let's get to the defense. Sean, want to get to some of these players on this side of the ball defensive line. We're going to take them as a group. Fascinating group of a lot of players, a lot of names. Who are the guys that stand out to you that are going to be the the, the cream that rises to the top here? Because eventually, I don't think we can see nine guys play every game. But where, where's that kind of separation for you? Or what are you looking at, at that position?
3: Yeah, I, I had him at 9 or 10 guys. I think that the the defensive tackle talent and depth and and experience really with uh, Devon Ellis and Keziah Izzard getting so many snaps over the last uh, half of the season last year um, after PJ Mustafer went down, unfortunately, I mean, you can you can roll six deep at defensive tackle. I, yeah. I don't I don't know that that's the the spot that you want to be heading into Purdue, especially with a, a freshman like Zane Durant, who you think can be a guy that pro- provides a splash, but does he provide 15, 20 snaps? I'm not sure that he's that guy just yet. Um, so you start at defensive tackle and you like what you've got. Uh, Hakeem Beeman, um, one of those mystery guys um, after last season. Um, the talent's always been there. I mean, the the ability has always been there. Um, putting him beside uh, P.J. Mustapha and being able to play off him, I think that that's a good role for him. He's a guy that can get through there and get to the quarterback and, uh, you know, hopefully can hold up against the run as well. But you've got different body types. You've got complementary pieces. Uh, you can mix and match. And, and and really, like I said, you go six deep and, and you know, even seven, you get to Futur Momolba, um, who's a guy that they've used in goal line before. So um, defensive tackle feeling pretty good about and Tyler Elston's probably got to feel pretty good about that um, as well. Defensive end, uh, not as rosy. Um, you you look at what they're they're bringing back this year, and and I keep saying this to myself, and I don't think I've said it on the broadcast yet. You've got guys, you've got Clifford, you've got John Sutherland, you've got Nick Tartburton as guys that you you know what you're gonna get, or you think you know what you're gonna get. And and Tarburton, you keep going back to it. All the buzz was about Chop Robinson through camp, but is Chop Robinson gonna play first and second down and hold up against the run like Nick Tarburton does? you can flip that on its head and, and, and ask the same question about Tarbert and a pass rush. Do you move him down, um, you know, on the interior to, to get a pass rush from there? There's so many things that you can do, but where is their ceiling? Where's their high level? Yeah. Yep. Uh, AK was so good last year. And, and oh, yeah. that, Jason Oway was so good. Uh, they'd love to have Shaka Tony. They're playing a game in Indiana. So they'd love to have Shaka Tony this year. Um, but who's going to get to the quarterback, Adisa Isaac. It, it's a really tough injury to come off of. Um, so, you know, I've, I've got plenty of questions at that defensive end position. Um, I think you've got three guys that they consider starters right now, but, uh, you know, there's there's certainly question marks for all three of those guys. And then where do you go after that? Do you go to Amin Vanover, who's one of those guys that can that can hold him up? Uh, Smith Vilbert, of course, put up the numbers uh, in, in the bowl game, but I think he's still got development to go. And then Deny Dennis Sutton, uh, you know, if you followed anything that I've, done in the last two years you know what a big fan i am of denied dennis sutton uh not the 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 freak athlete uh on the edge but i think he's gonna be a really good player for penn state is he ready to go yet i I don't i i don't know so i have him you know playing four dns right now playing five or six defensive tackles jordan vandenberg um, who i don't think i mentioned the first run through you just forget about some of these guys and that's that's a good thing because you you look back at defensive tackle a couple of years ago to where they are now. And they've done a nice job. I know they threw a ton of scholarships. I know they took some guys that did not pan out. I believe Cole Brevard is going to be on the other sideline this weekend. Um, yep. But they took a bunch of guys that didn't pan out, but still – They've managed to sort of plug that leak leak and move forward. So I'm intrigued um, and encouraged with what the defensive tackle spot comes. But the, the defensive uh, end depth kind of reminds me on the flip side of the offensive tackle depth is once you get past those first couple of guys, what do you have? And that's a, that's a scary situation when, when you know that people get injured in college football.
2: Yeah, for sure. And, and the defensive tackle depth, I, I think part of the issue last year was defined by not having Beeman. And you kind of forget about him once you get into the play of the game and then you lose P.J. Musk first. And now you're down two of your top three tackles and both of the starters at that situation. So having both those guys back, obviously, is a bonus, especially for the linebackers. Yesterday on the show on the BWI Daily Edition, I was highlighting Curtis Jacobs. This is his year to be the guy. But the talk of camp has been that middle linebacker competition. What's your read on this group that Penn State fans, when you include John Sutherland, are very nervous about?
3: Uh, I, th- I think it's fair to be nervous. I mean, you you look at what they've got in terms of uh experience there and Sutherland's moving over from safety. And, you know, he's played some of that position before out of necessity, but you, you still have plenty of questions, not only about the depth of that position, but the talent yeah. of that position because you've seen so much of Sutherland. You think you know what you're getting and it's not all encouraging, let's be honest. So, um, you, have got that Sam position. You've got uh Dom DeLuca who's, who's done a nice job in camp, but where do you find yourself? Where does Manny Diaz find himself? I don't know where I find myself, but where does Manny Diaz find himself with, with playing the right combinations there? Um, Elston, I think it's, it's clearly his job right now. Kobe King will play, but, uh, you know, it's going to, he's going to rely on the guys a lot in front of him as he starts to process that you, Ellis Brooks, um, you know, not the the best linebacker Penn State's ever had. Played a ton of football. Uh, knew yeah. where to be. Knew uh, where his guys needed to be. Can Tyler Elston pick up on that? And that's the unfortunate part about going on the road uh, to open the season. Um, you know, your essential quarterback on defense, your Mike linebacker is is a first timer out there. So that'll be something that will, will be, uh, you know, th- they'll have to juggle. They have to sort of uh, step on eggshells in that middle spot, uh, the will spot, uh, Curtis Jacobs. I love Curtis Jacobs. I think he's uh, I yep. think he can have a star turn. I'm very curious to see if he has made that switch. You know, I thought he was a perfect Sam um with what they like to do in Brent Price defense. Um moving over to Will is it a situation where it takes him some time to get ready especially against a team like Purdue that's going to try and, and spread you out that's great to have Curtis Jacobs out there one of the best athletes on defense um but when you get in space you start thinking and after a position switch that could be something that uh, you know that that pops up this evening so we'll see what happens there dude uh going with uh linebacker the coaching staff anybody in that building yeah. Abdul Carter is just different like he 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 pops um, he's a guy that, uh, you know, the coaches have told me he's, they, th- they think he's special. Um, obviously you want to keep a lid on him because, uh, you don't know what you're going to get from a linebacker's p- perspective coming in as a freshman, incredibly different, difficult to do, but this kid is so athletic. He's got the size to back it up. He's made some plays in training camp. Um, I would say he's probably past Jam- uh, Jamari Budden, uh, for that yeah. second will spot, Man, that, it's going to be really one of those guys that I'm so excited to see tonight, whether it's just on special teams or or he does get some run as a true freshman linebacker. Abdul Carter is a guy that's really turned heads so far. And, and hopefully, you know, when you step into the game, the moment's not too big for you because it's not. This is a guy that, you know, just can go. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and a super serious kid. We had him here on the BWI Daily Edition in the spring. Uh, I tried to get him to smile at least once, and it just was a total failure. He is all business. He's all ball. So that plus his talent, uh, you know, you're always looking for something to shorten the learning curve for a freshman. And that seems like just that combination is why he is in the position he's in. Let's go the secondary. Strength of the team, possibly. Would you call it that? uh, And then what's your expectation for
3: this group? I mean, that's uh, I think it's easily the strength of the team, at least the the guys that they had uh, as experienced starters, the guys that got a bunch of, of reps and then some young guys that they they really like. I think it's just the mo- most complete unit on the team. Um, I'll start with one of, if not Penn State's most important player on defense, Daquan Hardy. Um, w- yeah. We're going to like overlook the hell out of this kid um, because of his size and things like that. But especially going on the road against Purdue, who's going to try and throw it all around the yard. Hardy's a, a playmaker, a guy that can find the football and, and really make some things happen. And he can take a lot of that pressure off of your linebackers as you're trying to ease those guys in there. So would not be surprised to see a ton of Daquan Hardy tonight, uh, maybe make a play here or there. Um, you know, I really am a big fan of what he has developed into. I think Terry Smith and and, you know, the guys that have coached up those nickels have done a really nice job with Hardy. Um, you know, you got a couple of guys back there in Porter and Jair Brown. You you think you know what you're getting and you think they're pretty good um, safety is going to be intriguing. Um, you know, you look at the battle between Keaton Ellis and, uh, Zaki Wheatley. I think Wheatley probably gives you a little bit more upside in the long run, but, uh, you know, we've, we've seen this situation where you go into a spot like West Lafayette, uh, early in the season, you were probably going to play the, the older guy. So I wouldn't be shocked if Wheatley ends up with more snaps, but, you know, I think it's going to be uh, close there. And the other corner spot, uh, Kalen King has, you know, he, burst onto the scene very early in his career. Uh, I think the first spring that he was here. Um, so he'll have a chance to do that. So these guys are are going to be tested right off the bat, which I think is a great thing. Um, uh, but I also think that Manny Diaz, uh, his defensive philosophy is going to give them an opportunity to get their hands on the football, which I, I know Penn State fans have really been longing for that, even though, you know, Jair Brown had a great year last year. Uh, Jaquan J- Brisker got got his hands on the ball as well. So excuse me, I haven't done this in a while, so I'm, I'm still working out my uh, my vocal cords here. <laughs> Well, you,
2: you've also been going hard for 30 minutes. So you've been doing a great job. That's been phenomenal. Like here at the end, I'm I'm out of podcast
3: shape, but hopefully we can get back into it pretty quick. We've got, uh, you know, some plans to, to do some more, uh, you know, in the coming weeks, this, this one is just, uh, tough to hit the ground running, but I think we're in, I think we're in the right spot.
2: I'm giving it an A. I think we we got a lot of information. I think we got good stuff coming up for tonight. Uh, one thing we haven't gotten from you that uh, everyone else has given so far, you know, over at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com, is a prediction. I don't know if you've got one, but do you want to give one for the for the game tonight?
3: Yeah, I, I like Penn State. Um, I think they're a more talented team. I think Purdue has done a nice job of recovering, um, you know, their depth from where they were just a few years ago. Um, obviously, they've recruited well. You lose David Bell, you lose George Karloftis. but you know, you look at that one to eighty-five. the 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 actual depth and the actual roster may be a little bit better than it was last year. And this is a tough place to play. I mean, it's, they've developed that into a very tough place to play. I like Penn State. Uh, let's say twenty four twenty. I think it's a close game. Um, They got to put points on the board. I mean, this is the theme of the entire season. It's the simplest way to go. But you look at what Penn State did last year and you just failure to put points on the board, um, turning seven points into three points and it just didn't work out for them. You You know, you look back to the Illinois game. That's a game they should have had in hand. You just need to put points on the board. It sounds really stupid. It sounds really simple, um, but that's that's where Penn State needs to be. And if they can get that, they've got a very talented roster. They've got a talent. Uh, they've they've got a group of guys that that can break out. You just got to see it. You got to see it. You got to get there.
2: I think you're wise to not go over 30 points. I I didn't want to do it in my prediction. I ultimately did, but that I think is the is the storyline as you mentioned. Penn State didn't really get over 30 points last season, and that's got to be a benchmark for this season coming into this game. We'll see if it happens, Sean. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, get back to work.
3: <laughs> Can't wait. Thanks for everybody. That, uh, like I said, thanks for everybody that's reached out. Uh, thanks to everybody that's that's been a part of this uh, this entire transition. I'm excited to get going with our staff and on three. And uh, I think we're gonna I think we're gonna do some something special.
2: Yeah, and in all seriousness, thank you for the time today. Appreciate you coming on the show, giving us your insight and the insider uh, knowledge you got about Penn State football here on the show. We'll be tapping into that. As we go throughout the season on the BWI Daily Edition. That does it for today. Don't forget, coming up tonight, the post game show directly after Penn State and Purdue, giving you live post game analysis what happened, players that stood out, the major themes and schemes that helped the success or defeat of Penn State in the game coming up here on YouTube. And by the way, if you're watching here, subscribe to the BWI Daily Edition on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast because we're chugging along. We're going to be churning out so much stuff, both here, website everywhere, social media, and I normally say we'll be back tomorrow, but we'll be back tonight. I've got to take a nap or something because it's going to be a late night. We'll be back then. Until then, we'll talk to you later.
0: Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com on3 and bet on college hoops until they
1: cut down the nets